do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCube So This show is like a journal of the personal variety of all the media I have consumed. I pour it forth from the dusty attic of my brain into your ears and interwebs so that it does not sit up there and stagnate and slowly, or in some cases not so slowly, drive me insane. <laughs> evil laugh. You may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so I warn of that distinct possibility in a sort of, I don't know, I'm going to term it a spoiler warning, which uh, I believe sums it up a little bit. Uh, A little bit. If you're unfamiliar with the program, welcome, first of all. Uh, You're a weirdo, starting at episode 476. 476? 476. What you may not know, new person, is that we don't say the number 66, we say City 6. Because that is interesting. And the show is, potentially, question mark. What I meant to say was, uh, I'm going to push a button, and that will start a series of five, five-minute timers, where we will talk about various things like this. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to review some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Sexbots. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, movie the first, Ex Machina, or Ex Machina, if you you like saying it wrong, which is sometimes funny to do. Uh, Yeah, I hadn't seen this. When did it come out? Came out in 2015, so I probably saw it in 2015. Uh, and had fond remembrances of it, just in terms of it being kind of a weird, different, uh, scary, sci-fi-y movie. Um, so decided to dust it off again and rewatch. Uh, mainly for the reason that I, I feel like I keep hearing about this movie lately. Maybe it's the progress of artificial intelligence. People keep bringing this up in conjunction with that. I suppose that makes sense. Um, but uh, just keep people keep hearing people bring it up um, with quite often saying that it's one of the best like sci-fi movies there is sort of thing. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that statement necessarily, but it, it's definitely I think easy for me to give it a five out of five. Um, but is it a six out of five like some sci-fi movies? Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan, for example? No. No. Uh, if you're unfamiliar uh, with it, watch it. Yeah, there you go. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, I think my favorite part that sort of takes this from a 4 to a 5 
and it's not even necessarily the scene, it's just something it does to the tone of the movie, is the scene where suddenly they're dancing. <laughs> the main kind of sort of kind of sort of evilly dude. Yeah, I guess he's pretty evil. Uh, or is he? Uh, see, that's a good a good question. Many questions of this movie. When he just sort of breaks into dance, like like that scene, it's just so incongruous with the rest of the movie that it sort of shocks your system. I feel like, and I love that very much. What else do I love? This next movie. Ah, segue. Blockers from twenty eighteen. Uh, that is referring to cock blockers oh three parents try to stop their daughters from losing their virginity on prom night is the very succinct imdb uh, encapsulation of this movie terrific terrific uh yeah it's got a your, your sort of typical high school hijinks movie uh nothing wrong with that uh with the addition of the family member folk uh, so you have sort of two stories playing at the same time, and uh, it's done well. Uh, John Cena was surprisingly pretty interesting in it, pretty pretty good. Uh, is he a good actor? I don't know, but he was good in this. So, you know, give him points for that. Speaking of points, haha, segue. Um, I, I don't know, jeez, this is tough now that I'm thinking about it. I think I'll go four. Uh, I was just trying to figure out how often I laughed, and and I think I did a fair amount, which is, you know, what you want from comedy. I did like the three young girls. Uh, they were very good actresses. Uh, yeah, so let's go four. Let's go four. I'm, I'm, I'm in a good mood. Uh, I just had a Red Bull. You know, it's it's Sunday morning at 623. Uh, loving it. Loving life. Segue to next movie, Robin Williams, colon, Come Inside My Mind. Ew. Kind of don't like that post-colon <laughs> title there. Uh, yeah, this is the Robin Williams doc um, about his career and delves a little bit into his... Uh, well, I guess it delves a lot into his depression, uh, which is uh, interesting as someone who has suffered from depression uh, for many a year on and off. Well, is it, is it that sort of thing? This is always a question of depression. Is it like um, alcoholism in that they say... Once you're an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic, even if you're not drinking. Uh, if you're someone who suffers from depression, are you always a depressive person? Uh, are you always someone who ha suffers from depression, even if you're not currently in a, in a bout of it, I guess you could say? Question mark. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, I think rating-wise, I'd go like a solid three. Uh, it's just... Uh, and I like it a lot of the people they interviewed, and uh, I, I don't know, it's just maybe the depth wasn't there that I was hoping for. You know what I think it was as well? I had heard so much good about this movie that maybe my expectations were a little high, so, you know, you got that. Okay, uh, moving on to a movie from 2017 called Logan Lucky. Two brothers attempt to pull off a heist during a NASCAR race in North Carolina. Uh, yeah, this was good. Uh, I love a heist movie. Uh, I think I heard, like, not good things about this, which I don't really know why. It was a good heist movie. You know what? One of the sort of interesting things of this is the people doing the heist are not, uh, like, like when you get, like, an Oceans movie or or, or lots of heist movies, the, the, the people doing that are, like, super smart and they got all these amazing plans and uh, everything timed down to the last minute and, and just their brains uh, working on such high levels that there's no way this will fail. But uh, these guys are just kind of, you know, regular Joe Blows. 
uh, kind of dumb, even a little bit, a, little, a, a dusting of dumbness, you might say. So, so I like that uh, as a little bit of a difference, I suppose, you might say. Uh, Rating-wise, I go like three to four. Yeah, it's got some, some funny four moments and some draggy uh, three moments, two-hour-long movie. I think it could have maybe been less. Uh, that's that's a Howard Kramer uh, position I'll take on that. Yes. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Psychic Gorilla Glue. Thank you for that sponsorship. The Flash, season uh, or season one, if you prefer the not French. Uh, yeah, I've had never really experienced any of these uh, superhero Netflix show things. So, you know, I thought I would dip my toe in them. And of the ones that exist, of your Luke Cage's, your... Uh, Iron Fists, your Jessica Jones, Ziz, uh, what other ones is there? Anyways, um, the Flat, oh, I guess Green Arrow, because that's very much in this universe. In fact, there's a lot of crossover uh, with the Flash and Green Arrow uh, in terms of, like, they'll visit each other's uh, cities, I guess. That happens very frequently. And you know what? On that note, before we even delve in, I feel like you should potentially gain more by watching the Arrow first, because I think it must have started first, right? question mark um because they sort of take it for granted sometimes i feel like that you know about the arrow <laughs> uh which i do not really know so much about him I, like i know him from comics but uh, i've never seen the arrow tv program because it doesn't sound like something that sort of has an interest to me um okay yeah as i was saying the reason i picked this one is because the flash is uh you know he's got a really cool superpower Whereas uh, some of the other ones, like uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist, and specifically the uh, Arrow, like their powers, quote unquote, are are not that interesting. Whereas going super, super, super fast, uh, potentially some interest there. Um, mixed with the fact that, at least from what I know of the Flash, from various comics and uh, things like Justice League. Uh, there's a little comedy there. Like, uh, it's not, as I say, 100% serious 100% of the time, which I find the best way to do anything, just period, I guess. But uh, in terms of fiction, if you're uh, sort of mix it up between uh, funny moments and non-funny moments, that feels the most real, as that is what life is. Um, so, so that's my one, actually, knock against this uh, show, is... They're not 100% serious 100% of the time, but they are, for for my tastes, they are taking this a little bit too seriously. There's jokes peppered throughout, but uh, the, the the fact that they're, for example, taking a, a psychic gorilla, uh, like, that should be like a comedy episode, practically, but uh, but they take it very seriously. Uh, so, uh, like, like, the Flash's uh, bad guys are sort of, I think, known for being kind of goofy, which uh, they don't really play uh, play against that as, as much as I would like. Like uh, like Mr. Cold, what was his name, Mr. Cold? He's got a gun that shoots cold. Like he's in this, uh, he's the guy from Prison Break, and he does a fine job, 
and, and I like him in it, but he's just like a real badass <laughs> instead of just a, like a, a stupid guy with a cold gun that's kind of goofy. Uh, so rating-wise, and uh, I'm just talking season first, right? Season one right now, season the first, if you prefer saying it, even though that's weird. Uh, I go like three, and uh, if you're unfamiliar with my rating system, three is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again, and that's where I'm sort of sitting with Flash. Like, uh, I'm enjoying them as I'm sort of working my way through, but so far it's not a series that I could picture myself re-watching. Um, uh, that's one thing, and I will say this is one season and change in, uh, the potential for it to turn into something amazing I think is definitely there. Uh, it's just, I think they need writers that are not trying to make, it's almost like Smallville a little bit. Like, uh, I, I see definite sort of, which makes sense, it's, it's like Smallville but with Flash. <laughs> I wonder if we get Superman in here at some point. So they're in the same universe anyways. Um, wh w one thing that was cool is the, the sort of, uh, uh, what they do with the main bad guy of the season, which I, I'll try not to give too much away. Um... You kind of, uh, especially at first, and I don't know how many episodes you get in before you start of putting things together, excuse me, that the main bad guy is someone you really don't expect, so that's cool. Cool beans. Cool. Fast beans. Conan, the librarian. Book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is The Robe of Useful Items. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, gonna do something that we do from time to time. Uh, uh, you know, if you listen to, I believe, last episode, what book series I am listening to. Ooh, I'll tease it. I won't even tell you. Haha. Uh, so as I'm uh, in between books, well not in between, currently reading and haven't finished it, so I'm not going to talk about it, uh, what I'm going to do is uh, read the recap of my last Dungeons & Dragons session. Uh, a little session I have titled Droshank Redemption, which is a play on Shawshank Redemption, but our players were captured by the Dro and put in prison. Yes, I did a prison uh, trapped in a... Uh, uh, anti-magic field type prison scenario, which uh, I think went very, very well. Uh, let me just say on the note of that, when I was sort of writing this uh, encounter, let's call it, uh, the one thing I wanted to do is, uh, like, I didn't want them being stuck um, with no means of ex escape. So I did, I will say, have a sort of, let's call it an emergency plan uh, that they could use uh, if, if they sort of just couldn't figure a way out of the prison. But um, I didn't want to have to do that, and I'm pleased to say I didn't have to do that. Uh, what I did do was, as you'll see when I read this, uh, is I, I basically gave them, um, uh, what would you call it, like a schedule uh, or, or a series of things that would happen every day uh, that they could sort of figure out uh, ways in which they could use this schedule and these things that happen every day to their advantage to try to escape. Uh, so, so you'll see how they how they did that. Okay, <clears throat> this might be a little long because I, <laughs> yeah, I think I mentioned uh, a couple episodes ago that uh, we lost our uh, recapper. So I've started to write the recaps myself, and since I like doing them, sometimes they're a little long. 
<clears throat> a crippled Ragnar returns from a failed mission and is greeted by the new member of the team, Theranam. In further news, in further team news, to de uh, in, f in further team news, the constant proximity to Anastasia's magically cursed stick seems to has have pulled Valier into it for at least a time. Yeah, uh, one of my players couldn't make it, so he was pulled into a magic stick where he's just sort of chilling. Um, oh yeah, uh, my sort of backup plan is my uh, that I mentioned. Uh, my wife, um, should she want to play, she is a druid. Uh, she's currently trapped in a stick, so meaning if she wants to pop in for uh, an episode to play, uh, a session to play, she just sort of pops into a stick. So, since I already had the magic stick that people hide in, <laughs> I figured since he couldn't make it, I would just put him in there. Anyways, uh, uh, this is unfortunate as he does not get to meet the expert that Benny hired, Duke Palpatine. Cue Star Wars music. Oh yeah. Uh, so, uh, the, the guy who couldn't make it was my cousin, uh, the biggest Star Wars fan I think I know, uh, and as I'm a Star Trek guy and don't like Star Wars to the degree that it should be liked, according to him, uh, uh this was like the only time where I had Star Wars-themed stuff, uh, of course, the time he couldn't make it. Jesus. Uh, stopping an entire Drow army from boiling out of the Underdark and wreaking havoc seems like an impossible task, but with the gifts from the Duke and his knowledge that should you cut the quote-unquote head off the army, the body will die means that getting to the Drogue Queen, who is behind it all, must be done. She must be stopped at all costs. Uh, Duke Palpatine's map likely would have been helpful, but Ragnar, Thernum, and Grimm those are the three players, uh, did not get to use it as they were just about to start their journey. Uh, the three were peppered with poison darts that knocked them into unconsciousness. Days, perhaps weeks of travel through the Underdark, passing in and out of a paralyzed sleep, flashes by so that it is impossible to tell where they are going or how long it took them to get there. Uh, maybe we will continue this story another time, but... I kind of want to stick to the timer today. Ooh, do you want to hear more? Question mark? Game Gavin. Today's Game Gavin sponsor is Neil deGrasse Merlin, colon, science and magic consultant. Thank you for that. Sponsorship. And I should say, this is not a game, Gavin. No, no, no. This is a double movie monologue. Yes. Uh, I had continued to play House Flipper. I will say now that I am quote-unquote done playing it, uh, next episode I should have a game of some sort. I'm thinking... Oh, what's the game? Uh, I think I'm going to play... Uh, Moonlighter. Yeah, I think I'm going to play Moonlighter. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Anyways, back to this double movie monologue. Double movie monologue, the first, the last... Sharknado, colon, it's about time. Yeah, I don't know why I watch these movies, <laughs> to be honest with you. Like, they aim for the so bad it's good. Uh, and, and there's moments of so bad it's good. But there's also probably more moments that it's just so bad. <laughs> so, so very bad. 
Uh, I, I like the premise, I guess, of this. <laughs> or do I? I don't even know. Uh, Finn. Oh, yeah. The main character's name. Finn. Mm-hmm. Has to go back in time to rejoin his shark-battling friends to stop the first Sharknado and save humanity. Mm-hmm. Time-traveling Sharknado is what happens in this. Uh, Rating-wise... Jesus, it's, it's just so bad, and not always bad, yeah, as I've already said. Okay, so, we'll go this ranges, yeah, we'll give it a nice range, from like 1 to, oh, what the fuck is going on? 5, and it's, uh, does it ever hit a 5? No, we'll go 1 to 4. Um, one of those, like, uh, you know, uh, we have like like a clap meter, where like uh, when the audience is clapping and they're trying to see when they're how hard they're clapping for something, it's one of those where it like jumps around a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else to say about Sharknado movies? You know, they are what they are. They is what they is, as Popeye would say. Uh, movie the second Boogie Nights. Oh yeah. Uh, I think when Burt Reynolds passed away, I downloaded a bunch of his movies, uh, just ones that I hadn't seen in a while. Uh, I know I did. Uh, what the hell is it called? Oh yeah, I love the the sound of someone thinking on a podcast. Uh, Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey and the Bandit. So I know I did that not too long ago. Uh, so I dusted this one off, which I hadn't seen in a number of years. Uh, the story of a young man's adventure in the California pornography industry of the late 70s and early 80s. Interesting. Uh, the highs and lows. the And the ins and outs, <laughs> you might say. Uh, Rating-wise, this still very much holds up. I think I'd go like a, jeez, would I go 5 out of 5? Yeah, like this is a really good movie. Uh, definite sort of dark comedy vibe to it, leaning more into the drama. But uh, you're definitely going to get some laughs as well. Just because the main character, Dirk Diggler, uh, is dumb. <laughs> He's a dumb man, uh, played by Mark Wahlberg. So that adds to the, the comedy of a, of a dumb man in a, in a what's, I, I suppose, a very serious situation, especially when drugs get involved. Uh, Burt Reynolds is great. Uh, I know of Burt Reynolds that of the movies he's done, he didn't like uh, this one uh, for some reason. I, I think it because it was a little dark and he didn't want to be portrayed as, as like a, a kind of a sleazy porn dude, which I suppose he is. But uh, he's also in this movie, like there's there's moments where his, especially towards the end, where his like humanity shines through. So, you know, I, I wouldn't take it bad if I was him. And also, well, he's passed away, so I guess he doesn't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, moving on to Black Klansmen. Spelt very strange with all one word with three Ks in the middle. Huh? Get it? KKK? Uh, Ron Stallworth, an African-American police officer from Colorado Springs, Colorado, successfully manages to infiltrate the local Ku Klux Klan branch with the help of a Jewish surrogate who eventually becomes its leader based on actual events. This is a Spike Lee joint, uh, and it is a very, very good movie. Yeah, um, as soon as I saw like previews or, or, or anything to do with this, uh, I could tell it would be a movie I would like, and now that I've seen it, I will verify that fact. Uh, Rating-wise, I think I'll go like a solid... Ooh, can I go five? I'll go four with some five moments. Uh, and what's probably most fucked up of this movie uh, is how much things have not changed, seemingly. And sadly, 
yeah, Spike Lee has a uh, does a, an amazing job at making a white man like myself feeling guilty. Uh, so, in, is that necessarily a bad thing? No. Uh, hopefully other people see this and maybe the wheels of change will uh, happen quicklier. Yeah, quicklier. I'm going to use a word that doesn't is not one. Okay, uh, as you heard, we're out of time, so I'll do the last one quick, which is good because it's technically a television show. Uh, but I figured I'd throw it in here uh, just because I didn't want to uh, devote a whole television talk to it. Uh, and it's, you know, it's a Netflix television show, so whatever. Right? Whatever. Uh, the Haunting of Hill House. Yes. Uh, scary. Very scary. Uh, only watched the first episode. I uh, don't think I'm going to continue on. The missus said she might continue on without me. Um... Uh, scary too much too much scare <laughs> the the thing is too. I watched it right before I went to bed and the final scene of this first episode uh, reminds me of, of two things and literally right now thinking about it and talking about it I have goosebumps uh, <laughs> uh, the final scene of the Blair Witch Project which gave me many nightmares and also uh, I don't know if it's a recurring dream so much as something that happens in a lot of my dreams in that uh, something scary will be, I'll be sort of face to face with it, either a, a person or a thing or whatever, and that person is just like screaming, um, like mouth agape screaming, and I'm trying to scream but can't. So, uh, those two things, uh, and the end of this, and then going right to bed, not the best so if that sounds like something you would like you know check it out it was well done i will say Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Pound Love's Erotic Swedish Massage. Thank you for that sponsorship. Item the first, the Cracked Podcast. Oh yeah, I got a lot of podcasts this time, uh, which is nice. Uh, with guest Guy Branham. Guy Branham, who I think has sort of, for me, turned into someone uh, that falls into the category of if he's going to be on a thing, that thing is going to be good. <laughs> yeah, like uh, every time he's on a podcast, and I've heard him on quite a number over the years... Uh, it's always good. He's, he's always interesting. He's always funny. Uh, this included. And, and the Crack Podcast, not traditionally, I find, one that just has on comedians. Uh, usually experts in f- various fields. Um, so, so this was a sort of pleasant surprise on top of that. Uh, okay, so this particular episode, and if you're unfamiliar with the, pra- the Cracked Podcast, it's sort of a, like it, it takes a wide variety of subjects and just explores, explores them. Like it could really be anything. Uh, this one is uh, uh, something about oh shit what do they call them head cannons oh yeah head cannons and that's not literally if your head was a cannon although that would be pretty cool no it's about um, watching a movie or a TV show or, or any media and then having an idea in your head that makes it more interesting uh, let me see if I can give some ideas um, which oh shit footnotes uh, 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 uh yes yeah, some 
Uh, I don't have any. Okay, so uh, if you want to uh, listen to that episode, you can find out what they are for yourself. Ah, yeah, nice. Did I save it? <laughs> Not really, fuck. Anyways, let's move on to uh, Funhouse Plays Scary Games. Yes, uh, as whenever Funhouse comes up, I will always bring up the fact that of the YouTube channels that I subscribe to, which are innumerable, uh, it's the only one where I basically watch every single video they post, with very few exceptions. Um, because they're always good in everything, and to see them around this, from my perspective anyways, uh, around this Halloween time, uh, behind the scenes action, uh, to see them play scary games is, is amazing. Specifically, uh, Adam is usually the one who plays them, and he, I, I think, has the same feeling towards scary games that I do, which is, they're too scary. <laughs> and he doesn't like them. Like, uh, I, I, watching them play is, <laughs> like, makes me sweat a little bit sometimes. Uh, they played one called Visage, uh, which was, you know, it was something. Something. Uh, okay, and moving on to How Did This Get Made? Episode 200. Yes, they did it. They did it. They watched Action Jackson. Oh, shit, yeah, I wanted to add that to my list. Uh, it's, I'd never seen it before. Uh, let me just type Action Jackson. I'm going to see if I can find that. Because uh, I've never seen it, and after them talking about it, it sounds like a pretty crazy movie. Uh, they had on a guest... Oh, excuse me, what the hell is his name? Seth Rogen. So it was nice to hear his... Uh, <laughs> laugh throughout the podcast uh if you're unfamiliar with that podcast they talk about movies that are weird and bad quote unquote sometimes so bad they're bad sometimes so bad they're good i'm sure they've done some of the sharknados for example uh in fact i remember they wanted to get on them like uh, get into the sharknado movies as like which I'm surprised they can't because they're more popular than a lot of the people that show up in those. Uh, anyways, moving on to Never Not Funny with guest Paula Poundstone. Yeah, that was a, a pleasant surprise. Uh, not knowing much of Paula Poundstone, like I had this weird impression of her where her comedy was all sort of political and like would I picture her in my mind? She's wearing like an Uncle Sam uh, outfit of some sort. Is that a thing she did in the past? And that's kind of all I knew of her. I never really heard her comedy or siren anything really that i can think of um but after watch, uh, listening to that podcast i gotta say i think she's turned me into a fan she was super super quick throughout and uh it's no wonder that she has been doing comedy this long if she has the the sort of quick wits that she was able to show on that uh she really fit in uh and that's what you want in a guest on that show in particular someone who as jimmy would say gets it someone who gets it uh, okay, last but not least, the Andy Daily Podcast Pilot Project Season 2. I think I said that correctly, even. Uh, yeah, uh, so Season 2 done, uh, out from behind the paywall, no less. So uh, you can listen to all eight episodes. <laughs> they were all good. There was multiple times over the course of those um, eight episodes where I laughed until tears poured from my eyes. So please, please check those out nice to be nice to the nice done and done and i mean done done and done <laughs> i like ron this is the end of the show a sincere thank you for listening time to plug some things and i do not mean but you can like us on facebook 
You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper. Today's conversation cleanup sponsor is Tardis Interior Design. We can do a lot with a little. Thank you for that sponsorship. As predicted, I do believe last episode, uh, conversation cleanups going forward, at least for the next little while, will likely focus on me talking a little Doctor Who, because I can't not. I can't not. Uh, So uh, this episode is uh, Season 11, Episode 2, or Series 11 if you prefer, because that's what they call them over in jolly old... London, as I heard someone say the other day. Jolly old London. Uh, so this episode is titled Rosa, uh, the Rosa in question, the titular Rosa, is Rosa Parks. And boy howdy, uh, Black Landsman had a lot of N-bombs that made this white man cringe. Uh, some scenes in this, a similar effect, uh, very much, uh, because Rosa Parks, as you know, is the woman who... Refused to sit in the back of the bus um, and started a change that uh, hopefully one day will mean that uh, black people are treated the same as white people. Oh boy. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, uh, so what this had to do with was there was like an evil dude. Uh, well, lots of them <laughs> in this episode, actually. But uh, one per- in particular who was from the future who went back to try to prevent this sort of chain of events from happening uh, so that... Uh, and, and I didn't really get the logic of him. Like, I think he was an alien, too. An alien from the distant future traveling back to prevent uh, black people from at least moving towards equal rights. Yeah. Um, one sort of in- interesting thing of his plan was, uh, he didn't want to like come back and kill her. Uh, he didn't want to come back and blow up the bus. Uh, he just sort of did very, very subtle things that would make, um, the events not happen, which, uh, which I do like that idea. It's that sort of butterfly effect thing, um, of time travel where like even in a small little adjustment can change things from happening. So his was like, and I don't know how accurate this is in terms of what the actual rules were, uh, but the reason she had to move was because the bus was so full uh, 
um, that uh, white people came on and then uh, needed her spot. Um, so basically there's a, a black section at the back of the bus, white people at the front of the bus. Um, she was in the black section, but then enough white people got on that they sort of moved the black section back. Uh, and that's when she refused to move. Uh, so I, I always had heard, and I don't know how accurate that story is as well, that it was like, uh, she got on the bus, uh, she was supposed to get on the back, um, where the black people sit, which is just mind blowing that that's even was a thing. Anyways, um, and like her, her legs hurt after working a hard long day. Uh, so she sat in the front and refused to get in the back. That seems like more believable to me than what they did on this. But then also, they wouldn't have had all that subtle things they could have changed. Like, basically what the guy changed was, uh, he had a different bus driver. Uh, he had, uh, he sort of like, like, basically like, okay, I'll give these people a ride so the bus doesn't fill up so this girl doesn't have to be forced to move. That sort of thing. Like, uh, cool stuff like that. Um, there were scenes where, because two of the uh, uh, Doctor's new companions are black, well, one is black and one is uh, uh, Indian, which was interesting because no one recognized her as Indian. They kept calling her Mexican in this episode for some reason. They're like, did Indians not exist? I guess in wherever this was, was it Alabama? Uh, so there were some very, very tense moments seeing uh, them deal with this time. And, and even having the doctor, like, you never really see the doctor have to deal with racism like this, at least that I can recall. I guess there's some Nazi stuff from time to time, isn't there? Yeah, I think there is. Anyways, uh, so it was, a, it was a very dark episode, um, and rightly so, with, with the times. Uh, yeah, what more to say about this doctor... My one maybe knock about this episode is it didn't give, and rightly so, uh, Jodie Whittaker time to show the lightheartedness that I think is developing compared to The Last Doctor. Um, but, but maybe it's also good. Maybe it's for those who like a darker Doctor, uh, for them to sort of be a little put at ease that uh, this one won't be too uh, clowny, too jokey, that she can still be serious from time to time. Hmm, question mark? question mark all right folks that's uh the end of this i love you